And so because he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, I would like you to do one small thing. It may be big for you. It may be big, small for somebody else, big for others. But I want you to do it for yourself. You know what it is that you are maybe experiencing? There is it sickness? Is it pain? And whatever it may be that we may be facing through a difficult time, just like also Laban say, that moments of no peace and the struggles that we face in life, Remember the song they said that they led us right at the very beginning. I'll raise a hallelujah in the midst of the storm. Maybe it is a storm that you are going through. Remember the blessing that you've been given today. Don't take it just for granted. I've been blessed with Jesus. And declare in your heart that I receive this blessing of Jesus. Father, I appropriate it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God. And I just want you to offer a thanks unto the Lord. He says... Before you pray, I have heard. Praise the Lord. Or before you ask, I have answered. It's interesting. It's like he is seeing right ahead. Before even you get to that moment when you're going to knock your knees down and start crying that, oh God, heal me. He says, I've already done it because I am the Lord who heals you. That I've worked it in the know. When you're crying for the way, he says, I've already made the way. I, you know, it's like I knew you, you were coming. And I made the way for you in advance. So instead of going to tell him, make the way, oh God, it's as if there is no way. He has already made the way. I want you to go in and just tell him, Father, I want to say thank you for the way. You are not seeing that way. But he said, before you ask, I have answered. So go to him in the way that he loves to be approached. The way of faith. And approach him. You remember what Tom shared with us last week. Approach him with that grace and with that assurance in your spirit. That Father, you have made the way. And so I want to thank you that the way out of the storm where I am has already been made. And Father, thank you that I'm coming to walk on this particular way in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, that the difficulty that I've been experiencing, you have sent in the solution today in the name of Jesus. Because just as we sang unto you that you are so good, you are so good, you have done it for me. Father, the tragedy or the critical moment in my family at this particular time that I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I want to thank you that, Father, I have been blessed with Jesus today. And in Jesus' name, I have got the way out of it. I've got the answer because I know that I know you have released that answer and I open my receivers. I receive that answer by faith in Jesus' name. The wisdom to know how to handle that situation is coming through for the glory of his holy name because you said, thank you, Father. Remember at the tomb of Lazarus as he stood at that particular place. He didn't start jumping up and down saying, oh, come out, come out, Lazarus, in the name of God, come out. No. You know, that's what we do these days. You know, we will really, you blast heaven with all the prayers, all the missiles prayers that we want to blast him with. But no Jesus. He stands out there in a critical, difficult moment. The stench is coming out of that particular, of that tomb. Even the sister said, no, he's already stinking. But what does Jesus say? Just, you know, say do, you, do, you know, do you believe what I say? Do you know what I say to you? Do you believe what I say to you? Remove that. Remove the whatever. Remove the stone. And in that calmness, in the strange, you know, feeling, his nostrils and even his ears, you know, you can hear that. He could hear the smell. And nobody wanted to be near it. 
But with all that stench hitting him so hard, he says, thank you, Father. You have heard me. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the difficult situation, I want you to say, thank you, Father. I can feel the pain. I can see the turmoil. I can see the confusion. But I just thank you. You have made the way. You have released the wisdom unto me to know the way out the truth about this situation. And I thank you that I'm living. I am not dying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm getting healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Can you take a moment? Just take a moment, please. In that moment, bow down and speak unto the Lord yourself in Jesus' name. And he will do it because he's faithful. Just speak unto him and all I want you to do is just say thank you. Thank you, Father, for making the way. Thank you for the breakthrough. Thank you, dear Lord of God, for the deliverance. Thank you for the answer. Thank you for the divine intervention. He is doing it because he's faithful. God answers prayer in the morning. God answers prayer at noon. God answers prayer in the evening. Just keep your heart in tune. God answers prayer in the morning. God answers prayer at noon. God answers prayer in the evening. Just keep your heart in tune. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. Today we just come before you to say thank you. Thank you, dear Lord of God, for the storms that have been appearing. We are seeing the victory of the Lord in every one of these particular storms. Thank you, Father, for the sicknesses that have tried to invade our parts, our bodies, our families. Father, thank you that we are seeing the healing of God coming through now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We have heard the sentences of death that they have written over our lives and over our families. But we want to thank you right now. That God, you erase those sentences. And Father, dear Lord, you write over us. You shall live. You shall not die. In the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. So we receive the blessing of healing. We receive the blessing of breakthrough. We receive the blessing of the way. We receive the blessing, oh dear Lord God, of the right decision being made tonight and today in the name of Jesus. We receive the blessing of peace and of your mercy and of the grace for help for that particular time of need, for each individual, in the name of Jesus, for the glory of your divine name. We thank you that, Father, dear Lord God, as it has appeared, we have been going down slope. Father, King of glory, you have opened the way. You have changed the gear. Lord, we are rising up out of the miry pit, out of that particular deep pit wherein we have been. You are placing our feet upon the rock in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Father, we are going to hear the testimony of the testimony as we have heard today, oh dear Lord God, of the divine intervention that you have intervened and you have brought the answer because you have promised us today before even you asked, I heard. 
And before you are called, I answer thy heart and I answer. So we receive what we have desired, what we have longed for, even what we had not asked for. Father, dear Lord, I thank you. It is arriving tonight. It is arriving today. It is arriving now because you are the Lord, our shepherd. We shall not want in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been sharing on this particular topic that, that uh, for the past few times I've shared with you on the word that the Lord laid upon my heart and that is, who am I to you? That is God asking you and God asking me, who am I to you? And last time, as we touched on the, uh, the various aspects that we touched on, one of the things that we touched on last time was every man and every woman who has had an encounter with him, with the Lord, it never remains the same again. It doesn't matter what type of person that individual was. But the moment each man or each woman has an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, whatever religion, whatever lifestyle, they have never been left the same. And my prayer and my continual cry unto God is that you and I, the Lord will reveal himself unto you, he'll reveal himself unto me. That we may never be the same again in the name of Jesus Christ. His desire is we will not just know him intellectually or religiously. But we shall know him intimately in your own unique and special way in the name of Jesus Christ. Today I would like us to go on into the third aspect of who am I to you. And as we pray that you will be able to see the reflection of who you are, you are meant to be. Versus who you, are, you currently are as you look unto him. As I pray that you will be able to see that love as we say last time. That people say they see so much love in the eyes of Jesus. And I told you the reason why as I meditated on it. What came to my mind was. Is because for once you see who you really are. In him. And you fall in love with what you see. It is just so good because you see, you know, there's no man who has ever hated himself or no woman who has ever hated himself. That's what scripture tells us. And so as you look, you realize the perfect person that God meant you to be. Because God is, I am who I am. He is never different. He is always who he has always been. And each one of us, we are a reflection of him. Or we are supposed to be a reflection of him. He has not made anything that is not like himself when it comes to, the, to humankind. So the issue is, what are you reflecting and what am I reflecting? Am I revealing him or am I not revealing him? That's the challenge that God or the Father is seeking to bring out in each one of us. In our daily work, my conversation is that the conversation of God. That is coming out of his lips. Remember one thing. When he breathed and made Adam a living soul. It is his spirit that he breathed into Adam. And all through the ages. That breath has continued to breathe in and out of each one of us. We call it maybe oxygen and nitrogen. And all those particular gases mixed together. That I'm breathing in good air. But what we don't realize is we are breathing in the Spirit of God because that is the one that keeps us alive. 
It is the breath of God that has made us to be living, to be living. And when that breath is taken away, we cease to be. Even if somebody comes and knocks you and hits you hard, you don't respond. The body is quiet there, doesn't make any response. But if I come right now and hit you, I will see a serious eye looking straight away down, you know, turning and looking at me immediately. Why? Because that breath is still alive in you and in me. And so he wants that breath to be expressed in the way he desired it from the very word go in the name of Jesus. He has not stopped what he purposed to do for you and for me. A day in and even when we are asleep, he is still breathing in us. And we happily receive it. And instead of giving him thanks, we say, I breathed in some good air. It's very fresh air today. You know, there's good oxygen over here. We forget to tell him, Father, thank you. It is your spirit that I'm breathing in right now. And I'm thank you. I'm a new creation. I'm made anew in you. Let us offer a new thanks unto God. As we step into our homes and as we walk along in the buses, while others are saying, what a fresh edge is very good today. You, you are giving thanks. Thank you, God. Your spirit is giving me an opportunity to live another minute in the name of Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. Hallelujah. Let us go to John chapter 8 and verse, from verse 31 to verse 36. Some scripture that we know very well. As we continue to look at that aspect of who am I to you? And meditate deeply on that particular aspect. He says, as he is in heaven, so are you here on earth. So am I here on earth. And so what do I reflect? What is seen as God tries to reveal himself through this particular mirror that you are and mirror that I am? In the name of Jesus Christ. John 8, 31 verse 36, the scripture says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Those are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. If the son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. There are their own in 32. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, what is truth? Generally, truth is. In one of the best definitions I, I, I say of truth is, truth is. You know, truth is nothing. Truth is what it is. Truth is always is. As was, as will be. Truth remains truth. Truth is constant. Truth is a reality. It never changes. It stands as it is always. And when Jesus is talking here, he says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What do you think the Son of God is talking about? As he says, you shall know the truth. In line with what we have been saying, that you know, who am I to you? You sang at the beginning and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light, Jesus. That's what Jesus says. Now, when he's talking about the truth in this particular place, He is talking about 
his word and our relationship to that word that he is uttering at that whatever time that it is that he speaks his word unto us. His word in essence, as he puts it there, you shall know the truth and the truth makes you free. It means his word is the building blocks of our lives. That is the word of God. It is the motor. Those ones of you who have been involved in the building industry, you will know what motor is. Where you have got the, the blocks come and the, bowl, the blocks, although the blocks are there, they have also to have the motor that holds them together. You know, they, they stick to, the, to each other by way of, of the motor or the cement that is mixed with the sand and what have you. And so you have got the blocks or the bricks. And the motor comes in between to hold those particular bricks together. So his word is the building blocks. His word is the motor. It, it, there's something strange about his word. And his word also, I just as you know, the motor holds, you know, it hold, that motor of the word holds our lives together. As the same word is the building blocks of our very being. And there is another thing. There is water. Water, whenever every be, any building has been built, I remember when you used to build a with the blocks of you after you finished the building, while they are still intact, we kept on coming, you pouring water over all the, all the, all the, all the, the, the walls. So it's as if the, the water sets them and makes them bonded and strong such that it will not be, they will not be pushed over after, after a few days or a few moments, you will not be able to push that particular wall. It doesn't matter how, try, how hard you try to push. And his word is the water that cleanses and sets us and refreshes our lives as we move on. So he says, you shall know the truth. You shall know his word and his word shall make you free. He says, this word molds you into being his disciples. You shall, he says, you abide in my word and abide, my word abides in you. He says, you shall be my disciples and you know, you shall be my disciples and then you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you, the truth shall make you free. Now briefly, you realize something. This truth that he's talking about again here, once again we come back is, that is the truth of I am who I am. And in essence, he is trying to pass across unto us. The truth you are to know is who you are in me, in the Lord Jesus. Who are you in Jesus Christ? You are not just Jimmy, that we know Jimmy walking up and down. No, 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 no. You are a, a complete, wonderful, you know, expression of who he is. And he says, who are you in the Lord Jesus Christ? And as we know that particular truth, it follows, he says, we become his disciples. His truth liberates us. You know, it breaks the shackles of our lives as, you know, as the reality of who you are sinks in. You suddenly start discovering, you know, you, know, you, you, you start expressing yourself in a new way, all for the glory of God. I say this one thing that, you know, as the truth sinks in, you'll discover you are no longer linked to the racial tribal or even hereditary limitations or restrictions that have been in our lives. And many times we are restricted by race that I won't be able to go that far or do this because, you know, we don't, our people, our race doesn't do this. Or my tribe doesn't do this. Or, you know, in, in our family we don't do thing, things this particular way. But as you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, as the I am appears before you, those particular restrictions of race and what have you start breaking down and falling off 
all for the glory of God in Jesus' name, and we become family. All for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter whether you are blue, red, black, white, you know, indigo. It doesn't matter who you are. We become that particular person whom the Lord has made us to be. We start to reflect the likeness of him in the name of Jesus Christ. There's a common saying that people are saying that you know, when they see a person is looking so much like his parents or his dad or his mom. They say, you, know, you are a chip of the, old, of, the, of the old block or something like that. You know, you are not a chip of the old block. You are not like your father. You are not like your mother. Praise the Lord. He wants you to be like him. The I am who I am in the name of Jesus. Because you are not just a product of your mama and papa. You are not, just, you are not a product of the opinions of men and women. And once again, you are not a product of the political, industrial, or economic manipulations. What they have set us to be. You know, the politicians and the, the economy and what have you, they have done a lot to try to put us in bands and make you to be what they want you to be and what they imagine you to be. But that's what not the Father is calling you to be. He says, stand before me, my son and my daughter, because I will bring out of you who you truly are, and that is you are me. You are a reflection of me in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is this chip of me that is just made of you, Chris. And so God says, I want to, you know, to polish it so that it will start shining brighter and brighter. And that happens when you stand before him continually as he appears before you. And that's what I'm praying for each one of us. May the Lord appear unto you in Jesus' name and turn you into that vessel that he has desired you to be. Hope Community Church West London is waiting for you, calling you so that we may be able to be a blessing and the impact that he wants us to be in the community in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The truth is not the man of God or the woman of God whom we run to. No, we don't try to reflect a man or a woman. The truth is Jesus Christ. And he says, come and stand before me. You know, I want to reflect myself in you. He says, truth is I am who I am. That is God speaking. I am who I am. He's always I am. I am, I am, I am, I am. It doesn't matter when Alvin's leg broke down. I am knew the leg, the leg was going to break, so he plants the, 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 the particular pit for, uh, bit in, uh, in Karen and her daughter for them to intercede and to pray. And finally, Alvin will walk again. Family and nicely. Why? Because I am who I am. The devil has engineered and planned so many things against us. And some of them appear to, uh, to, to succeed. But it doesn't matter how much succession he will have or how much success he will have. The issue is when you come back and stand before I am who I am, he is able to reverse the clock once again and turn around what the enemy has been trying to plant in your life all this particular time. What he has molded you and made you to look this way. The I am starts to turn it back upright and once again you will walk with your head up high. Why? Because I am who I am stands before you. And whenever he stands before you, you will never be the same again. Your house will never be the same again. Scripture says, God is bringing many sons into glory. Now, this one thing that I want us to look into in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. The Bible says, for it was fitting for him, that is for God, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, 
in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. He made the captain of our salvation. We know who the captain of our salvation is. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He made him perfect through sufferings. Even after the suffering of the cross. And the suffering of being laid in the tomb. Life being laid in the tomb dead. It, it's unimaginable. But there it is. He suffered up to the lowest level of suffering. Which is the, low, the basis of the basis. You know that, that is dying. The Son of God decided to suffer death for you and for me so that the, the Father may be able to bring sons into glory. Why? There is so much the enemy had dressed us with. So much the enemy has done in our lives and corrupted our nature that we are not able to be upright fully as he has desired. So he had to suffer through every experience we go through that he becomes the complete perfect man. He takes you and he hides you in himself. He fits you back where you are supposed to be. Take you fit you where he's supposed to be. Take you fit you where he's, you are supposed to be. And as he fits that particular picture, the hope starts to glow with the glow of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's changing you and he's changing me as he transforms us and removes the, you know, the, 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 the lies and the deception that the enemy has gone in, planting in your life and in my life so that he turns us to be the vessels that he desires to be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says he's bringing many sons into glory. And who is a son? Let us look in John chapter 1 verse 12. It's scriptures that we know. Who is the son? In the old King James it used to say, But as many as received him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God. That is those who believe in him. In other versions it talks very nicely also on the same basis. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Those who believe in his name. And so whenever you believe in his name, you become a son, you become a child, you become a daughter of the most high God. It doesn't matter which term you apply, but it essentially means that his genes essentially are planted. They are the ones that make you be. His breath makes you to be all for the glory of God in the highest. Then look at Romans chapter 8 verse 14. He says the following, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and the daughters of God or the children of God. And so you start asking yourself, what is it for me to be led by His Spirit? So the question comes in, the sons are those ones who have believed in Him, who have received Him and believed in His name. The sons are those who are led by His Spirit. And that is, wherever the Spirit wants you to be, that is where you long to be. That is where you desire to be. And where does the Spirit want you to be? Go back to the scripture, the first scripture we read. He says, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, then you shall be my disciples indeed. As we abide in him, that in essence, because his word is the word of the spirit. As we abide in him, then likewise, the spirit has the opportunity to unveil Jesus Christ in us. He makes us to be a reflection of him. He makes us to become sons. And he starts to lead us deeper and deeper into the nature of the I am who I am. He leads you uniquely into that particular place where you fit. I always say it's like the jigsaw puzzle. Every one of us, we are a piece. 
and we fit into the pieces, into the big picture of who God is, as we reflect and as we reach out to be what he has desired to be, may you arise from where you are standing right now and start availing yourself unto the Spirit of God, crying unto him, Father, I want to reflect you. I don't want to be any, anything that men think that I am, or even what I think that I am. I want to know who I am in you, that I may be able to reflect you, I may be able to reveal you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question comes, why is he bringing many sons to glory? What is the purpose, or what is the sole purpose of the son? Why does the father want to have many sons or daughters, if we may put on the paliraspe? Why does he want many children in, in glory? And the word, the answer comes in John chapter 5, verse 19. If you hear it, you realize the sole purpose of the children or in relation to the father. Jesus gave them this answer. John 5, 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. Or the child can do nothing by himself. He or she can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. You are not your own. I am not my own. The father brings many sons to glory for one reason. He wants to be seen. The father delights in appearing. He wants to be made manifest wherever it is. That's why the scripture says the whole earth is full of his glory. His glory means his style, the way he does stuff, how he does his things. That is essentially the whole earth is full of his glory. And what he wants most above everything else is you and I. To be able to see what he's doing and we do likewise. Remember, he said there, the child can do nothing by himself. The son does nothing by himself. How many times do you think, do you do things by yourself? And how many times do, am I stiff-necked? I go to do things by myself. We refuse to do what the Spirit is telling us to do in the Word of God. And we decide, I will do what I want to do. Nobody will stop me from doing what I want to do. That is our nature as human beings. But he tells us that place is desire. I am who I am. Stand before me. Look at me and start seeing what reflection you can see. As you look at me, you will start doing what I am automatically doing. Oh, for the glory of God. The many hearts and sorrows that we have all around us. There is pleasures at his right hand. And those pleasures will only be revealed and manifested through you and through I. As we stand before who I am, I am who I am. As we reflect him. And so he asks you once again, who am I to you? He says, I want to you to be the object of your reflection. Because you are a mirror. I am the object, says the Lord. And I want to reflect myself in you. Avail yourself before me. As you go along in the path, let your mind be fixed on things above. Father, what do you have in store for me? Forget about looking on the side of the road. 
That one looks terrible. Look how ugly that man is. Oh, look how ugly that woman is. That's some of some some people you know, but you know, look how he's dressed. So terrible dressing. The guy doesn't know how to dress. Those are some of the things we, we engage in as we go along the roads. You know, when somebody crosses your path, you are driving, you say, look at that donkey. You know, he's no longer a human being. He's a donkey that was driving a vehicle that has just passed you and gone ahead. The Lord is asking, is that me speaking? May he have grace upon us. We may be able to reflect him in the name of the Lord Jesus for the glory of God. So what is the Lord really looking for in the world? That is the question. Hear what he says in verse 20 of chapter 5. John chapter 5 verse 20 and 22. He says, for the father loves the son. The father loves you. The father loves me. And he shows him all things that he himself does. That is his will. And he will show him greater works than these. That you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them. Even so the son gives life to whom he will. He is bringing many sons into glory. You are one of the sons. I am one of the sons. May we be in the place where the father is pleased. To show us what he is doing. So that we may do likewise. In the name of Jesus Christ. He is looking for that man or for that woman. That son or that daughter. Who will reflect him. Who will image him. Cry out unto God father. I want to image you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Of all the prayers you may pray. Just ask. Father let me image you. We have got plans. The world tells us. Have five year plan. Have ten year plan. Of what you're going to be. You know nothing. The Bible says. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the ends thereof are the ways of death. There is a better planning. And he's saying. Come before me. And look at me. And your ten year plan will appear. For the glory of God. Come before me, your one-year plan will appear. As you look at me, you will see what your businesses are lined up to be in me, in the name of Jesus, because you reflect me. Be it in your business, in your work, in your properties, in whatever it is that you do. Stand here before me. Don't go to the paper and start planning by yourself. Wait patiently, and as you wait, I will start reflecting my ideas into your spirit. You will start writing them down one by one, and people will wonder how did he come up with that particular plan it is not you who came up with the plan it is i am who was i am standing before you and you are looking at him and you are getting excited wow that's what i'm supposed to be that's what i'm supposed to be in five years time that's what i will accomplish for the glory of god the i am who i am He's not out to give us motivational speeches. He is out to present himself before us so that we may see the real thing for the glory of God in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, as we have said, there's a, a, a story, we'll look at it and then we'll close. Hear what he says in the book of Judges. Just listen to the story. He says, then the children of Judges chapter 6. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midians for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites, 
and the people of the east will come up against them and then they will encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they will come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they will enter the land and destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and it came to pass. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord, God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out, out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all those who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Before you, and gave you their land. Also I say to you, now listen, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites who dwell in the land, you, who dwell, in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. But you have not obeyed my voice. Now the, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Terebith tree, which was in Oprah, and belonged to Josh the Abezerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken and has delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Praise God. So in finishing, after all that God had done for Israel, they had failed to abide in his word. They had failed to image him. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. They became impoverished because they stopped standing before the I am who I am to image him as his word came out unto them. Look at Gideon. Gideon, the Bible puts it clearly. He was hiding just like everybody else. He was fearful. He was oppressed by the idolatry all around him. The rumors of the enemies advanced. They filled the airwaves. And he had given in into the narrative of the enemy. He was filled with unbelief. He was feeling insignificant. 
as he says, his clan was the smallest. And he came from the smallest, you know, tribe basically. And he was the last from the least in his father's house. But I want you to hear as we close what I am, who I am says to him. And he's saying the same words unto you today. The Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, almighty woman of valor. Turn to your neighbor. That's the word of the Lord for you. Tell him or her, the Lord is with you, almighty man or woman, whichever is applicable, man or woman of valor in Jesus' name. Tell somebody, the Lord is with you, almighty man of valor in the name of Jesus Christ. Secondly, that addressed his fear. He was fearful. If you are fearful, he says, The Lord is with you, almighty man of valor. The Lord is with you, almighty woman of valor. The second word he says unto him, and the same word comes unto you today. He tells him, Go in this might of yours. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? As you look at him, the I am who I am, the unbelief, that you have been having in his word. The shaky ground. You have been shaking on his promises. He comes alive again and he tells you. Child. Go in this might of yours. Receive those words today. It is not just in the Old Testament. He is speaking to each one of you those words. Go in this might of yours. And he says, you shall save yourself. You shall save your family. You shall save your business from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? The Lord is sending you today. Whether you're online or you're here, arise and shine in the victory. And last and least of all, because he was feeling insignificant, he was feeling the smallest, Maybe that's the same with you. He says these words, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You don't need a multitude. He says, I am with you. You will defeat them as one man for the glory of God, as one woman in Jesus' name. Let go the rise. His enemies be scattered. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. Don't let the enemy ravage your landscape. Let God arise in you. Go forth with those three words. Declare them before him over and over. You are with me, and so I am the mighty man. I am the mighty man, woman of valor. I will prevail in Jesus' name. I will go in this might. Start believing that you have might and power within yourself because the God Almighty is at work in you. He is sending you into victory in the name of Jesus Christ. And he says finally, finally, surely I will be with you and you will defeat them. Father, in Jesus' name, let it be unto each one of us, those who are here and those who are online, according to your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.